Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show that you sometimes admit to watching and listening to. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting in this chair wearing a Dave Campbell's Texas football hoodie, sitting over there in that chair at the helm today, wearing a Dave wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt. One week. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. How are you feeling about your Cowboys? Eh, we'll see. Wow, what a ringing endorsement. But you know what I realized? I'll, I'll miss game one of the season because we will be at the mecca of R.R. Jones Stadium. They play the Thursday night game mm-hmm. against the Bucks Maybe on, we'll get, uh, next we, week. We probably won't get home in time. No, I think no. Is it a seven o'clock kick or seven thirty? I think it's seven, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, yeah, on a Thursday night. Thursday night broadcast is seven. But Oh no, I meant the El Paso game. Oh. Oh, it's mountain know. time. Yeah. So we're pushed back. We're I doubt I'll get to see no, any of the game. But I'll be at Jones, so yeah. I can't complain. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Today is Thursday, September second, twenty twenty one, eighty four days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Keanu Reeves, episode one thousand two hundred and thirty three. On today's show, my friends. Big show, got your butt groove guide. We're going to tell you what games to watch in the uh, this week and week two on TexanLive.com, including something we're going to promo again. We will uh, unveil my high school football picks for week two of the Texas high school football season. Then we'll be joined by Ishmael Johnson Ish. for a new segment, College Football Burning Questions. And... We think you're going to like this. And if you don't, don't tell us. Because it's the new college football thing. Because <laughs> we're, we're sticking to it. We're sticking to it. We worked on it. We, we workshopped this over the offseason. <laughs> so we will unveil our new segment, College Football Burning Questions, with our friend Ishmael Johnson coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Blake Manning, Tony Blaylock, and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas. Did you say Blake Manning? Yeah. Hmm. He's been uh, he's been watching the show for about a, or at least commenting on the show for about a week now. Hmm. So Hi, Blake. welcome, Blake. Hi, Blake. You know he was going to be the really good Manning if he had just if it worked out. Yeah, the he's the Cooper. Yeah, it's Cooper. That's a mean joke. I don't. Know. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Welcome, Blake. Welcome, Blake. <laughs> As you can tell, when you show up, you just get roasted. <laughs> why, why would anybody watch this show? I don't. I ask myself that every <laughs> single day. <laughs> All right, Pickle. Speaking of why people watch this show. It's time for... The Butt Groove Guide. Again, it's a strange segment. Let me explain what we mean by it. <laughs> so, the Butt Groove Guide is every week we take a look at the uh, at the landscape of streaming games across the uh, state of Texas, and we tell you, hey, here are some games that you can watch. And a lot of the focus will be on Dave Campbell's Texan Life because, I mean, we kind of own it, but there's True. games all over the place. We want to tell you which games to watch and when because the idea is you can work on a nice butt groove. Okay? Yeah. And this week, we get to fit in some college football too. How about that? An even deeper butt groove. It's, you're, so you can just sit on your couch starting tonight and never leave. Yeah. Tell your wife it's perfectly fine because the butt groove guide told you to. Tell her that Ashley Pickle <laughs> approved this. Tell her that Ashley Pickle was telling Bring. you. Tell her that Ashley Pickle was do, telling you what to do with your butt. <laughs> Let's start <laughs> tonight, Pickle. It's Thursday. Fact. And if you want to log on to TexanLive.com. And stream a couple of games that kick off at 6.30 p.m. I would recommend watching Klein Kane and Side Creek from Pridgen. The great Chase Snyder is going to be on the call there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend that's probably the best game at 6.30. But then at 7 o'clock, Pickle. Bring. Bang! Watch our faces again. <laughs> the DCTF Watch Along live tonight. Fort Bend Ridgepoint and Dickinson, 7 o'clock on Thursday. And, and and now Texan Live is a paid service, right? That's mm-hmm. something you have to have a subscription to watch the, the live Texas high school football and volleyball games uh, across the state of Texas. But we're giving this one away for free on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And you're going to get special commentary from Ashley Pickle, Ishmael Johnson, Gabe Brooks of 247 Sports, Mike Roach of 247 Sports, and also me. It's coming up 7 o'clock. You can watch 4-Pin Rich Point and Dickinson, which is, in my opinion, the best game we've got on the docket tonight. 7 Absolutely. o'clock tonight, 4-Pin Rich Point Dickinson, live for free. Yeah, Facebook, come hang out with us. YouTube, and Twitch. We'll be eating pizza. We'll be drinking soda. I'll make sure to shout out some of your comments. Yeah, if you got comments. If they're nice. It's mm, very important. No mean comments. Okay. Friday! Pickle. Dateline. There's one game at six on Texan Live. It's Katie uh, Katie Morton Ranch and Katie Pato. I, I get some eyes on Pato. We've got some high hopes for what uh, they've got cooking. Uh, still a young program there in KDISD, but we think Pato's got a chance to make some noise. So get some eyes on Pato at six o'clock. Seven o'clock, you got a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got a lot of choices. Um, I don't have confirmation that one game's happening. So I'm no, not sure. yeah. Okay. Avoid that one. Here's what I want you to watch. Uh, oh, by the, I guess I should say, we're operating under the assumption that you have three screens. Three screens. You have uh, TV, uh, computer, and phone, so you can watch three games at once. If you have four screens, Become a Dave Campbell's Texas you. football subscriber. Please subsidize my mortgage. <laughs> um, on the big screen, hmm, <laughs> on the big screen at 7 o'clock, I want you to watch Crosby, Crosby and, and Manville. Manville. Yeah. Crosby and Manville, two teams that came off of tough losses in week one, Crosby to Carthage. Uh, Manville to Dickinson, uh, both looking to bounce back. We'll get a really good measuring stick on, on where these two teams are. So that's that's on your big screen. And a UNT alum and Jason Metco on the call. How about that? Car. Um On your second screen, I want you to watch Tomball Memorial and Beaumont Westbrook. I like that. Um, 
I'm, I'm bullish on Pombo Memorial. I'm also bullish on Beaumont Westbrook. I think they've got an opportunity to surprise some people down there with a new coach, uh, things like that. Keep an eye on Beaumont Westbrook and, and Tombaugh Memorial. But then at 7.30, um, 7.30, here's where things get tricky, okay? Because there's two games I want you to watch, and I told you you only have three screens. We've yes. already accounted for two. At that point, if I want that you to see where the Tomball, I want you to see where the Tomball Memorial and Beaumont Westbrook game is. Mm-hmm. Okay, where that game goes, six o'clock game, maybe you can cycle off of it, etc. Right, depending on where that goes. But there's two games I want you to watch: Converse Judson and Lake Travis, mm-hmm. big San Antonio versus Austin uh, game. Two teams that really acquitted themselves well in Week One. Fantastic matchup there. The other one is Quero and Wimberley. Mm-hmm. Quero and Wimberley. I would say I would actually say put Quero and Wimberley at the top of your list. Find a way to get that on a big screen. Quero and Wimberley is the game to watch there. Um, there with uh, with Jared Robinson on the call. Very excited about that. Quero and Wimberley because Matt Stepp has gone on record that he thinks that Quero might be back. Uh, this is a huge measuring stick here because if they if they beat Wimberley, then then like we're talking back back like that would be huge because Wimberley is so consistent and so excellent Quero Wimberley is a game I want you to keep an eye on there so those would be the f- I give you five games figure it out uh there's gonna be <laughs> you here, can balance gonna, I mean here's what's gonna happen what's gonna happen is one of these games is gonna end up being a blowout yeah right and it's gonna end up you're gonna be able to cycle off it and stuff like that or pay attention to it maybe on on the date on the football Friday app uh, what I would say is whenever you have three screens in order of most important to watch I'll go Quero Wimberley mm-hmm. Crosby, Manville, Judson, Lake Travis. Yeah. Those would be the three most important ones to get on. Okay? And then Saturday, Pickle. Dateline. Dateline, Saturday. First of all, we've got a huge slate of college games. You can watch starting at 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Those rice owls. Hooting intensifies. Taking on Arkansas. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Go watch the upset. 3.30 p.m. on Big Fox um, is Louisiana and Texas. Certainly watch that game. If you have a second screen, you're so inclined. Northwestern State plays North Texas on ESPN3. Cool. Six o'clock is where things get really complicated mm-hmm. because you've got a barrage of college games kicking off as well as a couple of big-time um, high school games kicking off. So here's what I want to do, Okay. At 6 o'clock on the big screen, you've got to watch the most important game of the weekend. The most important game of the weekend is Texas Tech and Houston. Yeah. Texas Tech and Houston is a huge, massive game, a tone-setting game, a narrative-setting game for both teams. That's the game you got to have on the big screen. I won't lie to you. On your second screen, I want you to watch Bridgeland and Shadow Creek. Bridgeland and Shadow Creek, mm-hmm. two teams that looked very good in their opener. Um, and or, or Shadow Creek, you know... I. Bridgeland looked really good in their opener. Shadow yeah. Creek lost to Galena Park North Shore. I think they're going to be fine. Another big test for Bridgeland right out of the gates. What does Connor Workman do for an encore on a Saturday night? Six o'clock, I want you to lock into that. And then your mileage may vary. If you want another high school game, there's a big one with Cy Park and Cy Fair. Announcer. Cy Park and Cy Fair with Gavin Moritz and Matt Stepp on the call on Texan Live. You can do that. Cy Park and Cy Fair, I think it's going to be a really good game, an opportunity for Cy Park, the newest program. Newest program? One of the newest programs in Cypher ISD to go and take down the legacy program in Cypher ISD. That's a big game. If you are interested more in a college affair, I want to send you to either, you have two choices, 
Boy, you got three choices. You have four choices. There's so much football. The butt groove guide is oh boy, nearly. You're gonna. It's got to be a. It's got to be a, a a channel flipping day. Like there's no. There's no other way about it. You've got to have that thumb strength ready to go this just because stinks. you're going to be flipping. This stinks because here's the thing. you got Abilene Christian and SMU at 6 o'clock. you got Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern uh, mm-hmm. in the Liberty Classic on ESPN+. Plus. You've got Baylor at Texas State. You've got Tarleton at SFA on ESPN3. And 6.30, UTSA at Illinois yeah. <laughs> on ESPN. Uh, uh, I don't know where that is. It's somewhere. Uh, I need to check out where where they're playing that, but I'll check out lsufootball.net slash uh, uh, TV schedule dot htm. Got to, you got to just get 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 your remote, change the batteries in your remote because there's too many good football games. And so what I want you to do is I want you to be nimble, you got be to agile. Surf. There's a lot of really good games kicking off at six o'clock. All that are going to be intriguing. One of them is going to end up being a dud. Like Preview A and M may run away from Texas Southern. You can just not pay attention to it anymore. Very intrigued by all of those games. Uh, and then the nightcap, seven o'clock. If you're so inclined, you've got three should be blowouts in the um, in the college ranks. Kent State's at A and M. Uh, Duquesne's at TCU and Bethune Cookman's at UTEP. Uh, I keep an eye on like the ESPN app or whatever, and just if one of those games gets hairy, go flip over to it. But I wouldn't pay a ton of attention to any of them, unless of course you're like a TCU fan, and then like yeah, lock in on ESPN Plus. Anyway, there's your week two buck groove guide. This is going to get more and more complicated each week. Although I think week one's going to be the toughest one. This is a tough week to, yeah. to put together a buck groove guide. Um, so, but the good thing about it is, is you've been without college football for so long, so you're going to want to get as down, much of it as you can. Sit down, <laughs> tell your kids to go away, and that that you're busy. Exactly, because you are busy watching football. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the helpful North Texas Honda dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on some very deserving individuals. Uh, Most notably, this week, we are going to be out uh, at uh, Creekview, honoring uh, Principal Joseph LaPuma from Creekview High School. Thank you for being helpful in your community. We will also be honoring Kennedale ISD's Tracy Williams as a North Texas Honda Dealers uh, helpful uh, community leader, or community helper, rather. Congratulations to Tracy Williams of Kennedale ISD. Thank you for being helpful in your community. And thank you to the North Texas Honda Dealers for helping to shine a light on a few deserving individuals uh, who give back to their community in so many different ways. Our helpful Honda community helpers of the week here in week two. I guess let's go ahead and plug it one more time, Pickle. Yes. Tonight at... 7. 7 p.m. We'll probably get the stream going a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, but uh, make sure you log on to Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We will be streaming the Four Pin Rich Point versus Dickinson game and commenting on it with a slew of outstanding commentators. Uh, Gabe Brooks from 247 Sports. Mike Roach from 247 Sports. Our own Ishmael Johnson. Our own Ashley Pickle. I will also be there. Uh, uh, so make sure you tune in. where You can watch the game free courtesy of us we're, we're gonna have it in the double box if you haven't seen what i've tweeted we're gonna have it in the double box where it's kind of like big box here Hang and on. then like i guess it'll be a triple box technically. yeah big bo- 
let me see if I can square this up. Big box over here with the game. Yep. And then like over here will be like cameras on us, uh, yeah. given our, our 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 commentary. So you'll actually be able to watch. You the will game, be able to which watch. Which is the awesome. Game. So make sure you tune in tonight live seven o'clock for the DCTF watch along Dickinson and Fort Bend Richpoint. Pickle, that's one of the big games this weekend. Mm -hmm. There are dozens, and I mean dozens of games yes. across the state of Texas that are deserving of our attention and are deserving of a prediction. Here are the picks for week two of the Texas high school ball season here on Texas football today. We're off and running in the 2021 Texas high school football season with a huge slate of week two games. These are the picks. <laughs> Welcome into the picks, your guide to the Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have you caught your breath? We had a huge week of action across the Texas high school football landscape in week one. And isn't it just good to be back? Just good to be back watching high school football in Texas. It's, it's just the best. Well, you don't have much time to recover. Because this is an outrageous week of Texas high school football action from everywhere, every region across the state. We're going to have them all covered here in this video, but we start in Austin. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Chaparral Stadium in Austin. It is a giant state-ranked 6A clash as the Euless Trinity Trojans visit the Austin Westlake Chaparrals. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, these two teams are going to take tire irons to one another for 48 minutes for our enjoyment, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. So this game's going to be physical. These two teams are going to get after it in the trenches, and I'm especially interested in what happens when the outstanding offensive line for Westlake, led by Connor Robertson and Bray Lynch, take on this incredible defensive line for Euless Trinity, led by Ola Fakarelotonga. This is going to be a fantastic matchup where these two teams are just going at it. I mean, if you like physical, hard-hitting, smash-mouth football, this is the game for you. Don't pay attention to the Clemson quarterback. Don't pay attention to the outstanding running game for Trinity. Pay attention to what's going on up front. It's going to be fantastic. So, when these two teams get into a total fist fight, who wins out? Key number two, Ollie Oop. Let's talk about the outstanding playmaker for Euless Trinity, Ollie Gordon, who, of course, is legend around Euless for what he did in the incredible game against Allen last year. And if you were thinking, oh, hey, cool, fantastic, the running back's back. You're right, kind of. They've moved in the quarterback this year for a very specific reason, and that is they want to get both him and super junior running back Gary Maddox on the field at the same time, and the early returns are very, very good. These two had a fantastic week one opener, and they figured to be on their game again. He can also throw the ball a little bit. He showed off his arm there as well, so he's not just a runner. This is a big test early for this revamped Austin Westlake defense. How do they handle this challenge? So, how much of an impact does Ollie Gordon have on this game? And key number three, Shaps on the ground. Remember, uh, Chaparral is actually a roadrunner, so meet me. Let's talk a little bit about the Westlake running attack. For all we talk about the passing attack for Todd Dodge's team, and for understandable reasons, their quarterback, Kate Klubnick, is going to Clemson, and Jaden Greathouse is an outstanding wide receiver among a bevy of outstanding wide receivers there at Westlake. I actually think this running game might be the real secret strength of this Westlake attack. Hunter Hinault, their running back, is spectacular. And, of course, Klubnik himself can run. This is a big challenge for this Trinity defense that is going to need to find a way to make them a little bit more one-dimensional. So, just how well can Westlake run the ball in this one? Who am I picking? 
I'm going with Westlake. The homestanding Chaparrales get the nod here, not only as the number one team in the state, but also just based on their offensive balance. I was very impressed with the way they ran the ball last week, as well as the throwing ability, obviously, of Cade Klubnik. Now that said, this is a big test for them because this is one of the very few teams in the state that I think can outmuscle Westlake. Trinity is huge up front. They run the ball especially well, and their defense was flying around last week in their big season opening win. So I think this game is close, but I think that the homestanding Chaparrales get the win. Give me Westlake. Let's go west and let's think small. 7 p.m. Friday night at Nolan Stadium in New Deal. It's a fantastic small school matchup as the Wellington Skyrockets visit the New Deal Lions. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, New Deal's offensive balance. This is a Lions team that we've been very excited about for a number of reasons. One of them is that they just bring back a ton of experience all around, but especially at the skill positions. Their running back, Larrick Eaton, is back. Their quarterback, Harley Patterson, is back. And they looked really good in their season opening win. This is a new deal attack that, when they're balanced, can be very, very dangerous. Can Wellington make new deal one-dimensional, or will that new deal offensive balance shine through? Key number two, on the mark. Here's a trivia question for you. Who is the state's leading returning rusher at the UIL 11-man ranks? Give up? It's Mark Ramirez at Wellington, who ran for 2,542 yards last year and was an unstoppable force for the Skyrockets. And he did some damage last year in their win over New Deal. He ran for 136 yards, and he also, by the way, plays defense. He had 15 tackles in their 22-14 win over the Lions last year. He is the best player on Wellington, and I would say he's probably the best player on the field on Friday night at Nolan Stadium. So, just how big of an impact does Mark Ramirez have, or can New Deal slow him down? And key number three, how much does week one matter? So, let's rewind to last week. New Deal opens their season against private school Lubbock Trinity Christian, and comes away with an impressive win. Good job, Matt Hills Lions, doing great. See you in week two. Wellington had a different experience. Wellington went on the road, across the border actually, to Duncan, Oklahoma, and played Duncan and lost. They lost a close game to them. Uh, now look, I don't really know a ton about Duncan, Oklahoma. I don't know if they're this powerhouse in Oklahoma, but what I do know is that they beat Wellington, and I also know that they're huge. They have 947 students in their school, as opposed to 144 for Wellington. That's six and a half times the size of Wellington. Think about this. This is like Wellington playing Paris here in the state of Texas. So I don't know how much I put stock in that, but is that a sign of things to come? Did Duncan expose some weaknesses for Wellington? We don't know because week one is only one week of data. So let's go back to the original question. How much does week one matter? Who am I picking? I'm going with New Deal. The Lions get the nod here on the strength of their offensive balance with Larrick Eaton and Harley Patterson, their offensive line, and their defense, which looked really good last week against Lubbock Trinity Christian. Remember, they have nine starters back from last year, and they were pretty decent, at least relatively speaking, at slowing down Wellington last year. Now, I don't put a ton of stock in what happened to Wellington last week. I think that that is a different situation, long road trip, week one, I, any, any number of reasons you could give for them. And I certainly think that Mark Ramirez is capable of taking over this game, and I think that the Wellington defense is up for the challenge of making New Deal one-dimensional. And this game's pretty much coin flip. I can't wait to see what happens at Nolan Stadium, but for now, I give New Deal the early edge.
Let's talk some six-man ball. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Sterling City's Eagle Stadium is a rematch of the 1A Division I state championship game between Sterling City and May. It's a rematch of the state championship game in week two. Can't wait for this one. Sterling City looked really good in their opener against Garden City, uh, led by their outstanding do-it-all playmaker Damian Calderon. Meanwhile, May may have been the most impressive six-man team in the state last week, beating Borden County handily behind the strength of running back Caden Hawk. Now, Sterling City got the better of May last time, and I think that they're going to get the edge in this one, but make no mistake, this is must-see football. I give Sterling City the edge, but make sure if you're anywhere near Sterling City, you get to this game. Let's bounce back up to 6A, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Allen's Eagle Stadium. It's the Allen Eagles welcoming in the Umble Atascacita Eagles. And Allen's got a lot of streaks on the line here. They've won 84 straight regular season games at the most all-time in Texas high school football history. And by the way, they have never lost at Allen Eagle Stadium. Now, there's, they got up to a little bit of a slow start last week, but found their footing against Plano East to give Chad Morris his first win as the head coach there at Allen. I thought running back Jalen Jenkins was fantastic in this game. Taking on a, a task seat, a team that A, is hungry to hand Allen their first loss, and B, is loaded, okay? Big-time offensive lineman Cam Dewberry is spectacular. Gavin Session, their quarterback, is a veteran. Wide receiver Keith Wheeler is must-see football. This is going to be a fantastic game and a huge threat to all of Allen's streaks. But look, I ain't picking against the streak. I ain't that dumb. Give me Allen. And let's go back out west, 7 p.m. Friday night at Grande Communications Stadium in Midland. It's the Midland Legacy Rebels welcoming in the Amarillo-Tascosa Rebels. And Midland Legacy, guys, they look the part. My goodness, this team passes the eyeball test. Running back, McKaylin Young, is a man-child out there, absolutely running over people. And their defense looked very, very good last week against Amarillo, thanks in large part to their linebacker, Wesley Smith. Now, how do they handle the flexbone attack of Amarillo Tascosa, led by Major Everhart and BT Daniel? It can be hard to get a handle on, and that's why I think we're in for a really fun game. Two teams that are going to run the ball at you. I think this game's a lot of fun. I give the very slight edge to Midland Legacy. But those are far from the only big games in week two of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Going Navasota over Steely Vanderbilt Industrial beats rival Hallettsville. Give me Lake Travis over Converse Judson. Huge game on the coastal bend. I like Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial just barely over Corpus Christi Miller. Give me Wink over Ozona. And I like Cisco to take down Wall. Going with El Paso Andrus over El Paso Parkland. Give me El Paso Eastlake over Canateo. And Jim Ned stays unbeaten with a win over Sweetwater. Silsby takes down Jasper. I like Divine over San Antonio Memorial and a huge game in DFW. I'm going with Alito just barely over Frisco Lone Star. Mascot Battle of the Week. I like Fredericksburg's Battle at Billy's over the Kerrville Tyvee Antlers. Give me Canadian to take down Iowa Park. Den Ryan, Den Geyer, Den Ryan, Den Geyer. I'm going to take Ryan. I'm going with Dumas over Lubbock Estacado. Andrews takes down Monahans in a huge 4A clash. I like Argyle over Pleasant Grove. Midland Greenwood over Brownwood, Newton over Dieball, and I'm going with Harmony over Hughes Springs. Huge game in the Valley, I like Edinburgh Vela over Harlingen. Huge game in San Antonio, I like San Antonio Reagan to bounce back with a win over Cibolo Steel. And Tyler Chapel Hill takes down Livingston. Lubbock Cooper over Lubbock Coronado, San Diego over Kingsville King, and I like Port Arthur Memorial over Barbers Hill. 
Snook takes down Thorndale. I like Wichita Falls Rider over Frisco Independence. And I like Tomball Memorial over Beaumont Westbrook. Wimberley takes down Cuero. Spring Westfield takes down Fort Bend Hightower. And in a game you can watch on TexanLive.com, I like Fort Bend Ridgepoint over Dickinson. Old beats new as Cy Fair takes down Cy Park. Give me Tatum over Dangerfield in a fantastic matchup. And I'm going with McAllen Memorial over McAllen High. Smithson Valley over San Antonio Madison. I like Forsan to beat Post. Give me Waco La Vega and a close one over Waco Connolly. It's the Kraut Bowl. I like Munster over Lindsay. And give me Denison over Fort Worth Brewer. Holiday gets by Eastland and Springtown beats Graham. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week two of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks. My high school football predictions for week two of the Texas We're high school football season. And of course, 20- see that on YouTube as well. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. And here we are. Welcome. What? Over in our auxiliary set. We need a name for this. We need a name for this place. It's not the power zone. It's not the power zone. It used to be the power zone. Uh... If you have a name, a clever name for sure. this, the for thing this that we never set, use, <laughs> uh, let us know in the comments. Anyway, we're here with Ishmael Johnson because Ish, yeah. it's time for college football burning questions. We don't have an intro. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ready. I was waiting for the cue. <laughs> like, oh, does Pickle have a thing no, going? No, we don't have, we don't have an intro yet. Uh, but uh, we are gonna break down the college football weekend, week mm-hmm. one of the 2021 college football season across the state of Texas. We've got games to get to, of course. You can listen to Republic Football, Mm -hmm. which we recorded yesterday. So make sure you subscribe to Republic Football uh, and follow at DCTFCFB. It's up there on the screen. Um, You're uh, you're the best source for college football in the state of Texas. Are you ready to answer some burning questions about week one? Let's do it. Pickle, what's question number one? All right, guys, question number one. Dot, 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 is UTEP fixing to be 2-0? They better be, uh, <laughs> but short answer, yes. Um, I think we talked about it. It's been since 2005 God. since they were 2-0 and because uh, they always schedule like one of the money games with like Texas or Houston or something in that second week, first or second week. And yeah, two, I, I mean, regardless of how they got these wins, I think that the fact that UTEP's going to be 2-0 and uh, considering what they need to accomplish kind of in this year for Dana Dimmel, they're about to be 2-0. They're playing Bethune-Cookman, and they they better be 2-0. <laughs> yes. Because you want to talk about all the goodwill they've built up over the past seven days, mm-hmm. right? With that big, emphatic win over New Mexico State. If they drop, if they, if they, if they fart around against Bethune-Cookman, it's yeah. like it's all that's out the window. Right, right. I go back to being like, oh my gosh, UTEP's a disaster. But they could be the first 2-0 program in the state. That's insane to think. There about. is a, there is a theoretical <laughs> How about world. Miners? There is a theoretical world where they're the only two and zero team in the country. Yeah, there is a theoretical world. Like, I, and I think it says something about their their confidence in it that I believe Deion Hankins is doubtful for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's more of a precaution because they don't really they shouldn't need him to beat Bethune no. Cookman. So I think they you know Quez Wadley should be okay and like they, that should be enough to get them through. And Man. we'll be talking some minors. We will be talking some minor football. All right, what's next, Pickle? Up next. 
I don't where is insert name of school you don't know how to say that mm -mm. Duquesne Duquesne. Duquesne. Oh, yeah, we talked Growing about Growing up, yesterday. I thought it was Duquesne for the longest yeah. time. Okay, well, I feel like it does the question a lot of justice if I don't even know how to say the name of the school. So where is it, fellas? Duquesne <laughs> yeah. is in Pittsburgh. Uh, we learned I, that. I guess Chicago sure. uh, yesterday <laughs> on Republic of Football. Duquesne's in, in Chicago, or rather it's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. You got me confused. Uh, now, I will say they are not a lunch meet FCS team. Mm. They went 4-1 and one in their spring season and played in their league's... Um, their league's championship game lost mm -hmm. in overtime to Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart got the auto bid into the um, into the playoffs. Uh, that said, TCU should roll. Sure. I mean, TCU should roll in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what the offense looks like uh, under under new leadership. Mm -hmm. um, excited to see how Max Duggan looks, who is you know one of the rare known commodities in college football quarterbacking this season. And and yeah, I want to see the defense absolutely get back to vintage TCU defense. Yeah, right. I want to see O'Shawn Mathis. I want to see those guys up front really assert themselves in the pass rush because that's where TCU's been good, not great, but typically Gary, a great Gary Patterson teams are great in the pass rush, mm -hmm. and I want to see them get back to that with that front four. Yeah, so uh, don't anticipate any problems for TCU. If there are, then we will certainly be talking about them. Yes. What's next, Pickle? Up next, what would signify success for the Aggies in their opener? Um... I'd say a dominant defense, mm -hmm. and I'd say Hain uh, weathering the early storm. Mm -hmm. Because we mentioned this on Republic of Football where Kent State's a good team. They They're lost a solid a max team. They lost a lot, mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a very young team, rebuilding team, but Sean Lewis is a good head coach. And this is a game that, if you look in the first quarter and it's 10-7, right, at the end of the first quarter, it's about A&M getting past that and kind of reaching that next step of, of, of dominance. Because... Mm -hmm. I remember the thing for me for A&M is the next step isn't just beating like a Florida or something like last year. It's asserting themselves in the games where they struggle, mm -hmm. right? It's really having those blowout wins that you see the Bamas and the Clemsons do all the time. That doesn't happen with A&M, right? Even in the games that they fairly control, LSU, something mm -hmm. like that, against teams that they're clearly better than, they don't roll, mm -hmm. right? And so I wouldn't be shocked if this is a close game at the end of the first quarter, but that's after that first quarter, this final score should be 35-7, should yeah. be 42-10, right? It should, that's where they should really assert themselves and really take control. It's okay if you don't step on the gas from the word go. Right. You still have but, coming but, into his first game. Like but it's, it, by halftime, yes. you need to be standing on the gas. 100%. And what's interesting is, I, I mentioned this on Republic Football, Kent State has a good quarterback. Yeah. Dustin Crum, I believe his name? Crum. Crum. Dustin yes. Crum, is, that sounds right, uh, is their quarterback. <laughs> mm -hmm. He is a really solid player. And so they're going to test him. They're mm -hmm. going to test this defense. But AM is, and, and you know, clip this, AM's in no danger of losing to right. Kent State, <laughs> right. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what I want to see from them is this Oof. defense take an offense that's really good and put them in there, you know, and, and, and dominate them mm -hmm. because they're going to face really good offenses over the course of the season. And I also want to see Haynes King look like he's in control of the offense, looks 100%. like he understands mm -hmm. the offense. Mm -hmm. If they get that done and get and get the win, obviously, check mark, go. move on to the next one. You're, you're not going to win a national title against Kent State. Right. But what you can do is go out there and prove that you're national title caliber by going out there and taking care of a team you're very clearly better than. Mm -hmm. So there's that. What's next, Pickle? All right, up next, let's talk UTSA at Illinois. Would UTSA at Illinois actually be that big of an upset? The spread's only five and a half on 6.30 on Saturday. I say no. I say no. And I know everybody's kind of going crazy because Illinois is 1-0. Right. Brett Bielema goes and, and gets a win in his opener over, over Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I think Nebraska might be, but 
And, <laughs> breaking news. And, and I think, and I think you. I mean, this is not breaking news here on this show. Mm-hmm. I think UTSA is really good. Yeah. And I think they've got not just a good chance to cover this five and a half point spread. I think that they have a legit forty percent, forty-five percent chance of winning this game mm-hmm. and really making a statement. I still think it's going to be an upset because of the way Illinois is going to want to play this game and how they're going to want to control. Because we know Brad Bielema teams, you know, you mentioned it, uh, run, 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 play action pass, right? Run, run, play action pass. Like typically, that's how it always has Very gone. Big Ten. Very Big Ten. That's why you know he's back in the Big Ten. Um, that's partially why it didn't work in Arkansas, but. They're going to want to really impose themselves on the UTSA, and it's going to be that third quarter, that Mm -hmm. early fourth quarter, when they've been just trying to go at this UTSA defense. The UTSA defense is solid. The back end is where they can make plays. If they can get Illinois into some passing situations, Rashad Wisdom can make plays. We know that secondary is capable Mm -hmm. of capitalizing on their mistakes. But if they get into a grind-out game versus Brett Bielema, they're probably going to lose because Sincere McCormick is fantastic, but... He can't do it all by himself, right? He might get his numbers, but you're going to need Frank Harris there. You're going to need some of that vertical passing game that we've seen him struggle with at times. If they get into a clash one-to-one with Illinois, I think it's that that goes in that goes in their favor. And so I will count this as a, I will, I'm going to count this as an upset if UTSA wins, just because they're getting a Power Five team to play their brand as opposed to the one they want to play. Frank Harris. We need you, man. Let's go. We, this is the time yeah. to play your best game because if they come, because that's the one thing you want to talk about a game that'll put you on the map. Mm-hmm. Like we all know, right now UTSA is like that hipster kind of sexy right. pick. Like, hey, by right. the way, UTSA actually is super good. Yeah. If they go and they beat a Big Ten school on the road mm-hmm. early in the season, yeah, everyone's we've been be, known, especially <laughs> especially a Big Ten team that's got a little buzz right now. Sure. They go on the road and they beat uh, Illinois. Everyone's gonna be talking about what Jeff Trailer's got cooking. So, all right, what's next? Up next, let's go to Tarleton at SFA. SFA played a fall season while Tarleton played a spring season. Does that matter? We're going to see. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, I think that was smart by Colby Carthel to get that fall season in. Um, of course, there was no postseasons, and he, he willfully acknowledged that and basically said, yeah, we're just going to run a bunch of scrimmages with a bunch of guys that we want to get ready for this, this fall. Um, and the rest of the FCS, uh, with exception, with some exception, did the opposite. They went to the spring, and they didn't have spring camp. They kind of instilled a lot in the offseason. And is that going to carry over? I don't know if we'll know the true after effects of that until October, November, when we're possibly dealing with injury, fatigue, just wear and tear. But early on, I mean, SFA's had a whole offseason. Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how that looks. I think that's going to play in their favor. Well, and furthermore, like, in a 2020 season that was so strange, yeah. these are two teams that actually played a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, Stephen F. Austin played, I think, 10 games. Roughly, and I think Tarleton mm-hmm. played, like, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Like, they played a lot of games. And so this is a really interesting, like, in a vacuum case study mm-hmm. of, like, how much does moving the season to the spring matter? Because, you know, does Stephen F. Austin benefit from, from having that? I think Stephen F. Austin is probably your favorite yeah. in this game. Uh, I think this game has a chance to be pretty pointsy, but I think that this game is going to be really interesting in, like, what it says about the after effects of such a strange 2020 season. Sure. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in keeping an eye on this Tarleton versus Stephen F. Austin game. Mm-hmm. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head to Big 12 taking on the fight in Ishmael Johnson's with Baylor. Who will look better? Will it be Gary Bohannon or Brady McBride? Mm, I have two answers to this. <laughs> I think Gary Bohannon will look better. I think Brady McBride is the better quarterback. Mm, okay. Because 
Brady McBride's going up against the Baylor defense, hmm. and Gary Bahannon's going up against a very much revamped Texas State defense. Now they're healthy, and I think on the back end is going to be huge because Texas State secondary is healthy finally. Uh, they added some good transfers like Nick McCann in the offensive line, but they're still a new unit for the most part together. They didn't play that much last year because they were all injured. Um, and so I think Gary Bahannon might, there's a better chance that he looks better versus Brady McBride, who again, I think is the better quarterback, going up against one of the best, probably the best defense in the Big 12 one of the best potentially in the country, and lighting that up. Yeah, I, so think, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head, yeah. which is it matters who's on the other side of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. For Gary Bohannon, there's going to be plays to be made against his Texas State defense, plain sure. and simple. And, and I think there still may be some, uh, some, some growing pains as far as Gary Bohannon running Jeff Grimes' wide zone offense. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? We don't really know. Uh, there may be some growing pains, but I also know that while Brady McBride probably, not probably, definitely has a better grasp of the offense, or should, right. uh, that Jake Spavital wants to run, he's also going up against what could be at least a very good and maybe even elite defense yeah. there at Baylor in Dave Aranda's second season. So I look at this and I, I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head. Gary, I think Brady McBride may, in fact, end up being the better quarterback long term. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Gary Bohannon, by virtue of the matchup and by virtue of what they're going against and by virtue of the fact that the Baylor defense figures to be really good, Mm -hmm. may have the advantage in this individual game. I I think, do you think, let me ask, we're not doing picks against spread on or anything. Do you think think, uh, Texas State beats that spread? I think they, I think it's about 20. Okay. Yeah, I think they lose by about 20. 31, 10, something, something like that. Something like that, just because I really, that's going to be the thing, is like, can Texas State move the ball on this defense? Mm-hmm. And I just don't see it. Yeah. Okay. What's next, Pickle? Up next, Prairie View A&M at Texas Southern, 6 p.m. on Saturday. What percentage chance do you give Texas Southern to get its right. first dub since 2018? Labor Day Classic. Labor Day Classic. Let's ESPN roll. Plus. <laughs> Fun game there. It's a BBVA Compass Stadium yes. there, the, the Dynamo Stadium down in Houston. Um uh, 10%. Yeah, I was going to say. Here's yeah. here's the issue. So Texas Southern hasn't won a game since 2018. They have not won a game on the field in the Clarence McKinney era. Yes. Um, and I wrote both previews for the magazine. Mm-hmm. It, I do think Texas Southern is going to be better. Yes. I think they're going to get a win this season on the field. They were one of the programs that really, like, yeah. we, we obviously everybody had to deal with COVID last year and everybody had to deal with 2020, but they were one of the programs that really got hampered by the spring season because, you, I mean, their one win was a forfeit again. Yeah. I forgot who the forfeit came against, but it was a forfeit. So, like, mm-hmm. they barely, and they only played, like, three games, I think, yeah. after that. So, like, they were, it was the second year of Clarence McKinney. He had, like, a year zero in 2019. So it was, like, I mean, he's, yeah. he's rebuilding from the ground up. Right. Uh, this is a bad matchup in the first game because I think Prairie View A&M, I've said it before, I think they're a dark horse to win the SWAC. Yeah. Uh, I think Prairie View A&M is the more complete team, especially if uh, Trazon Connolly, their quarterback, takes a step forward. Uh, I give, you know, it's a, it's a rivalry game mm-hmm. and you never know. Week one, crazy things happen. But I would give Texas Southern about a 10% chance. Yeah. That's where I'm at. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's go ACU at SMU. Texas rivalry there, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Tanner Mordecai over under on four and a half total touchdowns. I'm going to go under because I think that they have a stable of running backs healthy. I think they're going to want to get them all touches. Mm -hmm. And ideally, you'd want to pull Tanner Mordecai in the third quarter, Mm -hmm. right? And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's three. Mm -hmm. If it's five seems like a lot for for when you uh, uh, an offense that has Ulysses Bentley, TJ McDaniel, uh, Trace Siggers and um, I'm forgetting Tyler Levine. Mm-hmm. Um, those are four running backs that are that could all start anywhere in the state. And obviously he has Reggie Roberson back and, um, and and you know a lot of weapons. But 
five seems like a lot for a guy that you probably hope was not playing that fourth quarter. Uh, I think you're probably right. It's a little little overcooked in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to see, you know, one of the guys that I'm really interested in seeing is Reggie Roberson. Yes. Like, where is he in his recovery and stuff like that? All all returns are very positive. Yep. But game speed is game speed. Against an Abilene Christian team that, you know, is not lunch meat. A team mm-hmm. that I think could challenge him a little bit. Um, I think that if he's over five touchdowns, if he's over four and a half touchdowns, something has probably gone wrong on the defensive side and mm-hmm. they need to keep him out mm-hmm. there longer. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the under on that one. I think he looks good in, out there, but I, I think you're right. I think they've got more pieces they want to get the ball to right. there. A lot of this comes down to how well does the SMU defense fare against an, an AC offense that can that can move a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew's squad is is pretty solid, so that's one thing to keep an eye on. SMU shouldn't have a problem winning this game, but uh, keep an eye on, on that and how Tanner Mordecai looks. So, uh, if you are worried that Preston Stone didn't win the starting job, I think you might see you'll see you'll probably on, see on right. Saturday again. at the Hilltop. What's next, Pickle? All right. The big one, Texas Tech in Houston, 6 p.m. on Saturday with a one-point spread there. Is this a must-win game for both Matt Wells and Dana Holgerson? Yeah. I mean, this is it's, it's weird <laughs> to say that, but I think if you want to bet on, I guess, one this win meaning more, it has to – I think it's Matt Wells. Mm-hmm. He needs this win a little bit more because I think that – Financially, Houston, I think, is a little bit more gun-shy to pull the trigger on, on letting go mm-hmm. of Holgerson. But whoever loses this game, the narrative immediately starts out there on the hot seat because mm-hmm. there's so many question marks about around the, the kind of the projection of what they're trying to do. The reason why I lean Tech as the favorite is there are less question marks about what they're trying to do. And it's clear that Matt Wells knows what, what there was to fix, right? Yeah. Needed a quarterback, got a quarterback. Needed an offensive change, got a new coordinator. There's kind he's like he realized the defense is in a good place. I think he has it in a good place. He realized that he has playmakers and one, a running back and wide receiver. He needed somebody to move that offense and maybe a different philosophy. Holgerson is Clayton Toon the guy that you really want running the quarterback, mm-hmm. at, uh, being quarterback at Houston? What's his direction? Um, we, re- we remember that redshirt weird thing in 2019 that kind of fizzled out with how COVID hit and there was just like so much that happened to 2020 that kind of threw that out the window. What's the trajectory trajectory under him now? This, the fact that this is week one for both these guys is insane because this sets the tone for whoever loses for the rest of the year. I, I was listening to Split Zone Duo, one of our play, favorite podcasts yeah. on the way in, and they talked about this game and they, they called it one of the anxiety bowls of week one. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like whoever loses this game is going to like, the, the narrative is set yeah. for the rest of the year. Uh, and so if, if Tech goes out there and beats Houston, like, all right, cool. Everything's okay. Let's get to a bowl game mm-hmm. and, and we're moving in the right direction. If, if Houston wins this game, it's like, okay, great. Uh, two weird years, right. but we've got a, a signature win now under Dana Holgerson. We're moving in the right direction. There might be a culture to the program. Sure. Wow. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> that's, that's what's really going to be interesting here is there's a lot of benefits for winning this game. And in that same way, whoever loses this game you there's big tailspin potential mm-hmm. for both these programs. You feel like you, you can see like the three strikes and you see the one just getting slashed like strike one. <laughs> like, especially especially if one team blows out the other. Yeah. Oh, like if, yeah. if if Houston goes out there and pulls down Tex Pants on national TV, like there's going to be some serious conversations going on. That's We're a looking. long flight back oh, to Lubbock yeah, at yeah. that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next, Pickle? All right, up next, Ka, Northwestern State at North Texas, 3.30 p.m. on a Saturday. Who are you buying stock in? Is it Austin Ani or the new guy in town, Jace Reuter? I'm going to take Austin Ani. Uh, I, 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 so I think the fact that Jace Reuter 
has not come in and won the job outright mm -hmm. in week one is telling. Yeah. I think that's telling that, first of all, I don't think, I don't, I don't know what the feeling around North Texas is. I think Austin Awnie's pretty solid. Mm. I think as far as Conference USA quarterbacks is concerned, you can do a lot worse. I think their rooms, their, their quarterback room is pretty good. I think the fact that Jace Reuter has not come in and just been like, hey, I'm the transfer in, it's my job, like what Tanner Mordecai did, mm -hmm. right, um, at, at SMU. The fact that he hasn't done that makes me think that Seth Luttrell still believes in Austin Ani. I'm going to buy stock in the local kid. I think I'm going to do the same. Um, I think we'll talk about another quarterback situation involving a transfer in a bit. But, yeah, I, I see, I don't know, Austin Ani was okay last year, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that what they tried to do with Jason Bean, they tried to have, add a different element to the quarterback position, which is understandable, right? They needed some more dynamism probably to that offense. But when he was in, the offense moved okay, right? I think you saw his limitations, but I think for... The fact that you mentioned it, that Jace Reuter hasn't really asserted himself, shows that, okay, is the ceiling of the offense that much better mm -hmm. without Asanani, as opposed to, I think the floor of the offense is pretty high. Yeah. You know, I you're not going to, the offense is going to fall off a cliff with Asanani in the backfield. Mm -hmm. And so, or under center, I think that he, I, I would buy more stock in Ani. The, the bigger, you know, the bigger questions are going to be on defense, which hopefully. Has been the question for years. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> we don't have any answers to after this week, because uh, if the answers, if we do get answers against Northwestern State, they're all going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're all going to be bad. So what's next, Pickle? All right, up next, number mm. 23, the Raging Cajuns taking on number mm. 21, the Texas Longhorns. The spreads at 8, 3.30 p.m. Which unit is most important to Texas avoiding an upset, which, like we've talked about, is not out of the realm oh, of no. possibilities, guys. Oh, no. Guys, <laughs> Louisiana's legit. Yeah. I think it's the wide receivers. Mm. I think we know what they have at running back, Bijan Robinson. We know that what they have on defense. I think they have a really great front seven. Um, I think their secondary could be potentially really good if they can figure out that other cornerback slot um, as far as consistency goes. But even not even looking at Hudson Carter quarterback, I think it's going to be the receivers because no matter what, if you, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. If he can't throw to anybody that he's rely, that, that's reliable to him, I don't know. We knew that it was going to uh, be between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. We don't know who their number one targets are going to be. And I think that when you get into that depth chart, you look at uh, the one, two, and three at the wide receiver position, there's somebody that has to emerge. Yeah. And so I, I think that's going to be the key because no matter how Hudson Card does, no matter how if Casey Thompson gets in, no matter how he does, it's going to depend on who they're throwing to. I agree with everything you said, but I am going to pick the offensive line okay. in this sense because I think that as long as Hudson Card has time to throw and mm -hmm. as long as they're able to run the ball effectively with B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson, whoever yeah. they got back there, as long as they're able to do that, the receivers will find a way. Sure. Like the receivers, sure. we, we think there's enough talent in that room, mm -hmm. albeit unrealized talent at this mm -hmm. point, like Jordan Whittington, Josh Moore, you know, guys like that. Yeah. Um, that there's enough talent there that somebody will step up. If, the off, if, if Hudson Card in his first collegiate start is running for his life, if Bijan Robinson is averaging a yard and a half per carry, mm -hmm. then they're in big trouble. Because right. this, guys, this, this, this Louisiana defense has a chance to be really good. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And by the way, their offense ain't going to be bad either. Levi Lewis, a quarterback. Absolutely. This is, I know if you're thinking, oh, it's a Sunbelt team. This is not just a Sunbelt team. You oh, don't get ranked 23rd for nothing. No. They're, they're, <laughs> that's, that's in the nation, the people. We've talked about in Republic football. There's a real argument that they're underrated yeah. at 23. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really good guys. So for Texas, it's a really important first game. And I think that, I think, I think we agree 
that it's definitely on the offensive side mm -hmm. is where the, the most important unit is going to be. All right, and what's next, Pickle? Finally, Hooting Intensified taking on Woo Pig Suey. 19.5 point spread, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Should Rice fans be worried that the Owls haven't named a starting quarterback? Everyone shakes their head yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so you bring in a guy who was at Nebraska, was at Louisville, and you bring in a Rice. You immediately think, that's the guy. A it power better five be the guy. A power five quarterback comes to Rice, that better be the guy. Yeah. He hasn't been the name of the guy. Wiley Green, love you. How but, we, uh, we know what that quarterback situation yeah. has been, right? For Rice, um, I believe Collins looked okay, but of course mm -hmm. he's he's gone. So like that was probably the best kind of shot they had. Um, yeah, I, I I don't understand. I mean, what I do understand is that Mike Bloomgren does not feel confident that Luke McCaffrey is mm -hmm. what he thought he was, or the fit, right? Yeah. That's the other thing is like he comes from a uh, he came from Nebraska where they're kind of a little bit more spread and the quarterback moves around to Stanford light, mm -hmm. right? And maybe Wiley Green fits that more, but there's also good possibility that Luke McCaffrey is not the quarterback that they thought they were getting. Yeah, I think that that's 100% true. This is much like that North Texas situation, except. The North Texas situation is starting from a much higher floor, yes. much higher baseline. That if Austin Ani is, I mean this in a respectful way, if Austin Ani is all you're getting, mm -hmm. that's fine. You can win with Austin Ani. They yeah, proved it last year that they can they can win a couple games with Austin Ani. They'd obviously like to have better quarterback play, mm -hmm. but everybody would. Basically, outside of like Clemson. Right. Um, they tend to do for Rice well, right? though. <laughs> they're starting at such kind of a ground zero. The games level. they won last year, they didn't even have a great quarterback. No, their defense played out of its mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Marshall and game was all about the defense. Right, and that's kind of like that's where you're starting from. Is like, okay, you're gonna have to have this insane defense if you can't have the quarterback play that you mm -hmm. want. And so, you obviously want to not have to rely that much on your defense if you want to make a you know some type of uh, marked improvement, which I think we've seen that they've had under Mike Bloomgren last year at times, but. They need something out of that quarterback. It's, it's, I would love for it to be a case of like Wiley Green just really improved and Luke McCaffrey just maybe doesn't. Right, have it feels a, like a Max Duggan situation yeah, where like you yep. see like Max Duggan taking a step from point A to point yeah. B and you're like, oh, that's a different quarterback. Yes. Right? I would love to see that. I don't see, I don't. I, I'd love to be surprised. Right. I'd, I'd love to be fair, surprised. Yeah. But that is, that is oh, concerning to me. They were probably never going to go on the road and beat Arkansas. Sure. But I would like to see them show some signs of life offensively. And I'm worried about what we're going to see on Saturday. So there we go. That's burning questions for week one of the Texas college football season. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, we want to just hit this one. Uh, first off, any of the questions that have been on the Facebook comments about games mm. uh, this upcoming weekend, Mailbag Friday is tomorrow. Please tune in tomorrow, and we will answer as many of those questions as we possibly can. Um, and then we'll throw this back up one more time here, since we have uh, one of the guys who will oh, be yeah. on the watch along tonight. The watch Ishmael along. Johnson. Oh, wait, you can't see on our screen. The watch along tonight. So, yeah, 7 o'clock p.m. Again, that's tonight. We'll be on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, just like you watched this. Uh, go to the Dave Campbell's page, Gabe Brooks-ish, Mike Roach, Tepper, and myself. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to see the game and watch the tomfoolery. So it's it'll be, be fun. Great. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you tune in 7 o'clock tonight for the DCTF Watch Along. Uh, Ish, that's thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, <laughs> instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today.